0: Millennial Falcon, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. My name is Huai Chen I'm a writer for Slash Film and a pop culture journalist in D.C. And I'm joined by
1: Willoughby Dobbs, a filmmaker in the D.C. area. And Anya is uh, not here this weekend. She's out uh, doing her Pride weekend thing. She's
0: been proud, LGBT and proud this weekend.
1: Yeah, so we, the two of us are sitting here and we're going to be talking about trailers there were about um 812 trailers released this week and apparently according to hd there's more coming so yeah. um but we probably won't do a second episode because um i can count on two hands the amount of trailers that were uh released this week and um we're just gonna kind of go down our the list and talk about our top five and then some honorable mentions and it'll be probably a quick episode because there's really not much more to it uh we might do a small discussion about like the fact that the industry like released all these at once yeah Um,
0: it was very strange like in the industry we've been calling it uh trailer week (laughs) a fancy name i know and by the industry i also mean like my slack channel (laughs) like like
1: film blogging (laughs) yeah
0: so it's it's very strange i've never seen this happen before actually in which like so many trailers like more than a dozen trailers have been released in the span of a week, and like why this week specifically? We know it's I mean, probably because of like Incredibles coming up, and then there's
1: Incredibles in Jurassic World, Jurassic which World. as you which which made like five hundred million dollars in one weekend. So like I think there's like the a lot of there a lot of animated movies that came out, a lot of made a lot of animated trailers that came out. So they'll, they'll probably be released before Incredibles, and then in in front of uh, Jurassic World, there's probably going to be all, like the the more action and drama heavy ones
0: mm-hmm. i wonder why it wasn't released before infinity war though which is like the biggest movie of the summer and will probably you, re- remain so
1: i i don't know I, I think it's a very interesting situation yeah um but i mean it was it's a great benefit for mil- movie lovers who don't mind watching trailers because there was literally like two to three trailers every day to watch
0: yeah it was quite a wild week we are were- It's slash film. We like put a lot of emphasis or focus on trailers, so I was writing up at least like two or three trailers a day or something, and it was like, yeah, it was fun. It was a little wacky, but. We, uh, there are some hidden gems within trailers, and we've talked a little bit about sort of the art of trailers and a past episode and what. Oh, yeah, we did a whole history of it. Yeah, and what, like, uh, what kind of expectations they set and everything. But here we're just going to be talking and gabbling about our favorite trailers that were just released in the span of this week, which were a lot, to be fair.
1: Yeah, like literally between Monday and, like, Friday night, Mm
0: -hmm. um,
1: there were at least 10 trailers released. Mm -hmm. Um, so do I want, do you want to do like a one and one or will we do all five and then i do all five or
0: let's do all five and all five so okay. we'll be why don't you start us off what are all your right. top five trailers for, that came out this week
1: number one the lego movie colon the second part <laughs> that's my number one um and i really uh enjoyed the first lego movie i've enjoyed the lego batman movie um, haven't seen the Lego Ninjago movie yet, but I've heard it's okay.
0: I watched it, um, and yeah, you, it was okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Like I mean, on the, I would say, would you rank it like number three of the three Lego movies that have come out?
0: Yes, I mean, yeah. obviously.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the Lego movie has a really like deep special place in my heart. Uh, I thought Lego Batman movie was one of the funniest movies of 2016 to, no, twenty sixteen to twenty twenty seventeen. Um, I thought it was really funny.
0: No, sorry, I'm just trying to check. I I think it was 2016 because Le- tra- Lego Ninjago came out 20. 20- oh wait, you're right, 2017.
1: 20- so you're both right. mo- both movies came out, I guess, in Same one year. Same year, yeah. Um, we're we're getting to double events of Lego movies. Um, yeah. So Lego Movie 2, it kind of reminds me. It's got like this Mad Max vibe to it. Um.
0: Sorry, You're I just done. realized another one that I, another trailer that I forgot to include. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Keep going.
1: Okay. No, so, like, it, you know, like, at the end of the first Lego movie, spoiler alert, like, this alien invasion of, like, the little children's Legos, like, the, like, the preschool Legos, like, invade Bricksburg. And it, and the Lego movie, two picks up, like, five years after. And they're, like, in this, like, Mad Max Road Warrior wasteland, which is really funny. But Emmett, the Chris Pratt's character, is, like, still the same, like, bubbly Emmett. And it, it's just kind of like that kind of dichotomy. It's very fun. Um, it doesn't give too much of the plot away. um, just kind of gives you the same vibe that, you know, like the, the Lego movie, like kind of like uh, subverted wit that's there. And they had one a, a really good joke about how, like, Wild Style did all the work and then Emmett got the credit. Yeah. Um, and which is
0: also... Uh, very meta. Just,
1: Shows up in the Wreck It Ralph trailer, um, which I forgot to put on my list. It's going to be an honor- honorable mention. Um, uh, I want to talk about that at some point. Um, but yeah, the Wreck It Ralph trailer. Uh, so number two is. Uh, or she? do you want to talk about Lego movie? Or no, I
0: actually didn't include it on my list at oh, all. Okay, cool. Or in my honorable mentions. Just because I've. Well, it was fun. so many. Yeah, there's there's so many. I enjoyed the first Lego movie, but I can't can't find myself being excited for this one just because I wonder if this is a one uh, one hit wonder kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but we'll see. Because like Lego Batman was good, Lego Ninjago was okay. This isn't a case of just like declining quality or anything. So we'll see. We'll see.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So my second one is Spider Man into the Spider Verse which is uh, Sony and Marvel teaming up for an animated Spider-Man uh, movie in theaters. Not just like a direct-to-DVD or uh, uh, on-TV uh, uh, movie, but like a full-fledged uh, movie, a uh, full-feature presentation. And it's going to be starring Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker, although Peter Parker is there. But we get into that because there's a, there's a multiverse of Spider-Man, um, and there's even Spider-Gwen
0: I love the uh, ending shot with Spider Gwen.
1: Yeah, it's really fun. They're just really delving into the comics of uh, the modern comics of Spider Man. And, like, Peter Parker is, like, an older dude. And My- Miles Morales is, kind of, like, the age that Spider Man usually is. He's, like, in his high school age. And Gwen Stacy shows up. So, like, clearly we're going to get, like, a lot of Spider people uh, showing up in this. And it, I love the art direction of it. Um,. It's some it's I don't think I've ever seen animated movie look like that before.
0: Yeah, I was wondering what animation style they use. Uh Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is also on my list. It's actually my number 1. Ah! I'm very excited about it, about, particularly because of that animation style. It's so graphic and so Vivid and unique. It mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of rotoscoping in a way. Yeah. So like, I feel like they maybe did a combination of rotoscoping and maybe CG or something like that, and sort of, sort of did it to imitate the comic book panel, for example, because we see some shots where it's like the bubble pops up of like the thoughts and everything. Right. But,
1: it looks very comic booky. It's yeah. also produced. This one is the second one on my list, produced by uh, uh, Chris Miller and Phil Lord.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <'cause they're, laughs> they got busy. Not,
1: they got they. They are not directing either of these movies, Lego Movie and Spider-Man, because they were supposed to be directing uh, Solo. So they just pro- executive produced both of these. And then, uh, so their names are attached. They've got that kind of like subverted humor to it. But um, I'm very excited for this movie. It looks really fun, really cool. Spider-Man Homecoming is, was great. So I feel, I feel like with like, Marvel being like more involved with like the creative process in the Spider-Man movies, um, Venom aside, um, I feel like they they got it they got it down
0: because mm-hmm.
1: um, it looks like a Spider-Man movie. It looks like a, a Spider-Man comic book, um, so it's kind of it's it's fun. Um, yeah. Number three is my the third animated movie on my list: How to Train Your Dragon colon The Hidden World. Um, a lot of colons this time. Um, it's the third How to Train Your Dragon movie. In almost 10 years. Uh, I think the first one came out in 2010. And then the second one came out in 2014. And this one comes out in 2019. Uh, next year. And we we got our first look at it. Um, with an, a very grown up. Uh, hiccup. With a beard. He's looking all and all like. A lot of people were comparing. Hiccup's glow up to Captain America's glow up. Yes. From, from the first Captain America. To... Captain America post Super Soldier Serum to Captain America in Infinity War. It's a shock, yeah.
0: It's a it's a glow up that has everyone questioning their sort of sexual preferences for like a cartoon character. They're like, "Oh, I am attracted to Hiccup." Although it's I've been attracted just, to Hiccup since How to Train Your Dragon Two, when he right, took off the helmet that, in the teaser trailer, and I was like, "Oh my!"
1: Everybody kind of went like, "Oh," <laughs> um, but we also see that there's like a light Fury, which is like the female version of a night fury or just like a female of that species who happens to be a light fury.
0: So it's actually a different species. Um, oh, okay. so she's a light fury, but she's not the last of her kind, like, uh, toothless. Okay, is. Like
1: toothless. Yeah. Um, but they look very similar. They're mm-hmm. kind of like, um, black and white versions of each other. Um, uh, I don't know if they've released a name for the character, but the, the, the 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 light fury looks like a blue eyes white dragon from Yu Gi Oh, which is very funny. Um, <laughs> oh,
0: I didn't but, even think about that. That's hilarious.
1: And uh, so you see Toothless like trying to um, do like really silly mating dances to try to get the Light Fury's attention, and it's just very cute. Toothless is great, um, and looks like it's gonna be like the end of the journey for toothless and hiccup and the dragons and stuff so i'm very excited for that the 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 animation in the how to train your dragon movies is some of the most gorgeous animation i think it's Um, stunning like like more so than like like i would compare to pixar and above so Mm because i feel like um it's just like the way they get like because of Roger Deakins' involvement, to be honest. Yeah. Roger to, you Deakins know.
0: was involved with the first two movies, and he is involved with the third movie.
1: Yeah! So, like, he's got that, you know, he knows how to do cinematography, and, and it really shows in the second movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, he's got that, like, classic silhouette, um, like silhouetted shots he does that a lot in his movies mm-hmm. so he, I, I saw that when hiccup and toothless walk out of the fire i was like oh it looks like the end of skyfall
0: <laughs> yeah he really has like out of all the dreamworks movies this movie has like the greatest cinematic eye and cinematic sense mm-hmm. and it really feel feels like a, a movie because of roger Deakins' hand and it also because the characters are so warm and so just like real in a way yeah. even though it's a dragon and a viking it's it's a great film. It's a great franchise. It's so good. Who knew? Um,
1: the fourth movie on my list is a new movie by Drew Goddard, Bad Times at the El Royale, um, which is kind of, it's It's hard to explain. I guess it's like like a group of characters who are shady and a uh, little uh, not what they seem show up at a hotel and chaos ensues. Um, it stars John Hamm. Jeff Bridges, I think Russell Crowe is in there. Um, uh, I don't think we saw him, but I think he's, he was listed. Um, and Chris Hemsworth is like playing like this like Charles Manson cult leader. Um, it takes place in like 1962, so it's really weird to see John Hamm in the 60s, but also not be Don Draper. Um, he was like cracking a smile and joking and laughing. I was like, ooh, this is weird because he's like in a, like a 60s suit, but he's not like brooding over alcohol.
0: I don't know if uh, Russell Crowe is in it, but Nick Offerman is in it.
1: Oh, why did I see Russell Crowe is in the movie? Maybe someone got it wrong mm. in, their, in their tweet or something. I can't remember. Um, never mind. Russell Crowe, I don't think he's in the movie. Um, but Or maybe I'm mistaking him with Jeff Bridges.
0: They both—they both do look very bearded at this moment, very yeah. bearded and salt and peppered. Yeah, yeah. I, Russell Crowe is not in this. Oh wait, you're right. Actually, is he in the Wikipedia? It says Wikipedia. he will appear in an undisclosed. Oh, well, role. That's what I
1: saw. Because I I I looked at the Wikipedia afterward. That's afterwards.
0: so interesting because it's not on like the official cast list.
1: Right, mm. but Wikipedia says it. So who knows? Um, Wikipedia's always my, right. When I rewatched the trailer, I thought he was one of the guys in the mask.
0: Mm, maybe. Um,
1: because he was, if he's all bearded up, but who knows? Um, but Chris Hemsworth looks really interesting as a cult leader because he's like super handsome and charismatic. So it's going to be interesting to see that as like a villain, because um, we haven't really seen him play a villain before.
0: No, and uh, seeing him like dance in this really sinister way with his shirt just hanging off his chest is uh, yeah, is something that's it's a look. It's a look. It's <laughs> definitely like the epitome of the mark me down as scared and horny. so yeah
1: um yeah so there's that i i just think drew goddard has done some really good movies in the past he wrote the martian or he adapted the martian um for ridley scott and uh he also directed cabin in the woods which he co-wrote with joss whedon which we both really like as um a horror movie that subverts horror movies and stuff he's very good at He's very good at dialogue. He's He comes from TV. I think, did he work on Daredevil?
0: He did. He was the showrunner for the first season. And he worked with Joss Whedon for a lot of the shows. He was like a, mm-hmm. a regular Joss Whedon collaborator before he and Joss did Cabin in the Woods. And he kind of went off on his own little career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's a, bro- a Whedonite. They both,
1: worked, they both worked with Chris Hemsworth on multiple projects. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. Yeah, he um, reunites with uh, Chris Hemsworth from Cabin in the Woods which came, was supposed to come out before Thor. It was filmed before Thor. Right. And it was it filmed was, like,
1: before Thor and, I think, Star Trek.
0: Yeah. So it was before he became big. And I remember like listening to some di- director's commentary, and uh, I think both he and Joss were on the commentary and were like, yeah, this guy's going to be big. This guy's going to be big. And uh, he was.
1: Turns out. Um, but, yeah, the movie reminds me, it kind of has, it, it feels like a Quentin Tarantino movie, but also... Like an Edgar Wright movie, but without like a ton of bloody like violence. We didn't really see a lot of violence happen. There um, was a, a
0: an our the green red band trailer.
1: Oh, there um, was a red band trailer. Yeah, the um, red band and I only red and saw
0: green band, the, band trailer.
1: I think I only saw the green band. Mm-hmm. But what I saw did remind me of like the. It reminded me a little bit of Baby Driver and a little bit of like like a little bit of Reservoir Dogs of like this like. Gang of people getting together, not knowing who each other are, like finding out like secrets of each other, and also having to deal with that shit. Yeah. It um, was very
0: much like a horror laced sort of noir, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: there's that too. Um, but I don't think it's going to be quite as horrific as it seems. I think it's going to be more thriller.
0: Maybe and like
1: and like psychological and stuff. What do you What's think? Your, what was your theory, HD, that well, it's connected to Cabin in the Woods?
0: Well, it does take place about. Forty years, fifty years before Cabin in the Woods uh, takes place, and uh, when we see John Hamm's character accidentally like find his way through like the hidden corridor in the hotel that shows like the double sided mirrors into every room, so he can see into every room. It kind of has that same effect that you see in Cabin in the Woods of the um, of the mo- the monitor lab, the lab yeah. monitoring yeah. everything and like having cameras into every room and everything like that. So. There is a there is a theory, a small theory, kind of like bubbling up about whether this is in the same universe as Captain in the Woods, but right because
1: there's like a parent, there's like someone who like watches the the like the bellhop is in charge like reports to somebody yeah
0: he's like so we only watch like who they want us to watch when or they want us to watch like, who's they
1: <laughs> so yeah that'd be interesting I. I i think it's an original film i don't think it it's is. it's not it's not adapted from anything so it'd be it's very interesting so i have no idea where it's gonna go it's very I'm exciting
0: very... sophomore effort for drew, drew goddard because he's mostly been a screenwriter slash just like working in tv and now he's making his much anticipated return to feature films after cabin in the woods mm-hmm. so it's exciting
1: although i will say that he had a a great input onto *The Martian*.
0: Yeah, he did
1: as, a, as an adapt. Like I think that the adaptation of that is really good.
0: He did uh, get nominated for an Oscar for that, so he's an nice. Oscar nominee at this point.
1: Hell yeah! <laughs> um, so the speaking of Oscar nominees, my last movie on my top five is First Man*, which is Damien Chazelle's Neil Armstrong biopic, starring Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy as R- Neil Armstrong's wife. Um, very interesting to see her. Not as Queen Elizabeth, the Second. Um, I think that Damon Chazelle it, is a really good director of tension, and I think that this this trailer shows it. There's a lot of like um, risks that we, that we see, like you know, that we never really talk about when it comes to the space program, like pl- like rockets blowing up with people in it, or planes like crapping out, um, and like we see a lot of that. We see a lot of like what it took to to get to the moon um in this two minute trailer and it it looks really it looks like he's going back to his whiplash of like directing style of like um like he wanted to make la la land first but he made uh, whiplash beforehand because it was cheaper um and so it's really cool to see him kind of go back to those roots because i i think i prefer whiplash to la la land um and i really want to see what he does when it's not about music
0: there's no jazz at all in Although this movie. Neil Armstrong
1: is a fan of jazz and plays the trumpet.
0: Oh, well.
1: We're going to get a scene of him playing jazz. He's going to be playing it.
0: jazz. And there there will be like the one jazz joke that everyone can make at Damien Chazelle's expense. Yeah, we, probably... he, he is a good director, but yeah, it's fun to joke about his jazz obsession or fixation.
1: Right. Whiplash was about a jazz band and La La Land was about Ryan Gosling saving jazz.
0: Yeah, um, from John Legend. From John Legend.
1: And now it's about Ryan Gosling going to the moon. Yeah. And I think I, I'm i very excited. The movie looks real tense, real, real, uh, it looks like it's shot on, like, film. Um, and so that's exciting. I guess IMAX, they they filmed a se- sequence at IMAX. So, that's probably the sequence on the moon. Very Christopher Nolan esque.
0: It is, actually. I had the same sort of vibes, or, like,. Re- it kind of reminded me of Christopher Nolan movies too, except a lot more s- emotional and visceral in a way, even yeah. though Dunkirk was actually quite visceral. So it has those sims, the same sort of uh, connotations. So we'll see. Maybe this will... I'm, I'm excited for it too. I I was I'm always, I wouldn't say I was put off by Damien Chazelle after La La Land, but he isn't one of my favorite directors, but I'm always going to see what he has coming out. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for First Man.
1: I, yeah, I think when it comes to Damien Chazelle, if I was to rewatch his movies, I think I would rewatch Whiplash first, mm-hmm. um, because I think that it's a it's a more so, a much more solid film, yeah. um, much more concentrated more
0: tight. Of what it
1: what it wants what it wants to be. I think it's also a lot more better edited. My mom has seen both; she prefers Whiplash over La La Land, and she's like a music major, mm-hmm. so like she like knows like what it what it takes to do, like, a musical and what it takes to do, like, music. And she likes Whiplash a lot more. Like, a lot more.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She does
1: not like (laughs) Wonderland.
0: No, Whiplash is a good movie. So I'm happy to see Chazelle going back to his roots as well. Mm -hmm. All right. My top five. So a lot of these are repeats, but... Oops. That's fine. I figured this would happen. Mm -hmm. There's only so many trailers, despite what we were saying before. (laughs) So the first one, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Uh, you can. I basically every all the reasons I'm excited about it will be already uh, iterated. But I can't wait to see an animated superhero film in the f- big screen because it's not something that you of- you often see unless it's like a Lego movie or some sort of more subversive take like the Teen Titans Go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this is something I'm really excited for. I've I've always been like a big purveyor of animated films and why they are sometimes like a superior art form because you can do so much more. There's so much more potential for filmmaking in it. And I think Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse definitely takes advantage of its animated medium and really goes balls to the wall with its animation style whatever it is rotoscoping meets cg um that imitation comic book panel and uh the way that it just is so kinetic and graphic and i love like all the action shots we have those blur effects they look so cool and um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this story too. Miles Morales is a great character who's invented pretty recently. He was introduced pretty recently to the comics and it came sort of after there was a small campaign to get Donald Glover to play Spider-Man um, before amazing Spider-Man uh, came out with Andrew Garfield. So it, after that, the Marvel saw kind of a demand for a Spider-Man of color, and they created Miles Morales, who is a Latino, Afro-Latino teen, um, in sort of like an alternate Marvel universe, like, I don't know, Earth something. Earth- I
1: think it's supposed to be the the ultimate universe. Yeah, the
0: ultimate so universe. Like,
1: so like the all the ultimate Avengers and right, stuff like
0: that. Yeah, he's the ultimate Spider-Man. And um, at some point, there's like, of course, a huge crisis, and he meets the the... The original spider-man and everything and uh this is really fun because this kind of gets into the comic book crossovers that we've seen there's like a spider-man war or something that happens in the comics and this kind of reminds me of that because we have like spider-man uh miles morales spider-man spider gwen who also shows up later on too in the comics and it's and Spider-Gwen is Gwen Stacy, by the way, who in an alternate universe becomes Spider-Man or Spider-Woman as well. And uh, it's it looks so fun, and I'm happy that they're leaning into the alternate universes thing, and it makes it easier to sort of separate it from the MCU, but also it has that, like... MCU touch in that it just like it feels like a real movie and not like a direct DVD movie. And I also think it's really funny that Jake Johnson is play is voicing Spider-Man because oh, it's he's, so great. he's so dopey and like they designed Spider-Man to be like this deadbeat who can't pay for his own meals and he looks sort of like Cameron Fry from Ferris Bueller, which is a the funniest bit, yeah. thing to me. <laughs>
1: Little, yeah, like thirty five year old Spider Man who's kinda of greying a little yeah, bit. Looks and he's, like he's got some gray in his hair.
0: And he's got like five o'clock permanent five o'clock shadow because he can't be bothered to shave. So it's like it's really fun. I'm I'm excited for into the Spider Verse and definitely this trailer may be even more excited. Mm-hmm. Uh so my second one is another animated movie, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. The third How to Train Your Dragon Film in uh, a franchise that really surprised me because it came uh, from DreamWorks, which has not been known for doing really great original works outside of maybe Shrek. But then they even ruined that a little bit. <laughs> um, often they have a reputation for kind of doing Pixar knockoffs with like the signature DreamWorks face. But How to Train Your Dragon is like is the big exception to that because it's such a good, heartfelt franchise that you know really hones down to a boy and his dog story a boy and his dragon and that's what makes it so magical it's a, such a classic story told in this really lush uh beautiful world and um i'm happy that it's a trilogy like dean de, de blois who is the uh director for this kind of director for the whole franchise said that he wanted it to be a trilogy uh because he wanted to have like it you know, beginning, middle, and end. Didn't want it to just kinda of keep going until they were run out of ideas. So I think that really fits with this series and that we have a nice probably bittersweet end if we if the oh, trailer gives be, any hints.
1: We're gonna cry our hearts out. Yeah.
0: This definitely is a series that rivals Pixar, if not betters, some of their series, their like properties. So I'm just I'm so excited to see how to train Dragon The Hidden World, even though I know I'm gonna be like balling at the end uh and the trailer just looks so good hiccup <laughs> your beard is <laughs> making me feel thanks <laughs> <laughs> all right my number three pick is a star is born Ooh, so this uh, is the star is born remake the third remake of um of the star is born uh movies which is which first came out in um 19... Hold on.
1: It was like a silent film one, right?
0: It wasn't silent. It, was, it wasn't silent. It was a... It was early, though.
1: Yeah, it, it was, was 1930-something. 1930s. Yeah.
0: 1937. Uh, directed... Produced by David O. Selznick, who you may... Who may sound familiar because he produced uh, Gone with the Wind and uh, Rebecca. And so he produced *The Star is Born, and that one was starring uh, originally... <laughs> Janet, Janet Gaynor and Frederick Mark, March. But that one is lesser known to the 1954 version, which starred Judy Garland, uh, which was the musical version. And then 1976, of course, starring Barbra Streisand and Chris Christopherson. So each of the Stars Born movies take a different spin on a very classic Hollywood story of uh, sort of aging celebrity actor musician of some sort who falls in love with this ingenue and as her star starts to rise his starts to fall and that their love story becomes tragic because of it and it's like a classic hollywood story but each of the films takes a little different twist 1954 version was a musical 76 took it to um rock, pop music. And now 2018 is doing a country spin on it with Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. And this is Bradley Cooper's directorial debut as well. The film was originally set to... um be directed by Clint Eastwood, but then Bradley Cooper came on in like 2015 as a star and then took over as the director as well. Uh, Originally is also supposed to star Beyonce and definitely not be set in in like a country sort of genre, but she backed out and Lady Gaga took on the role of the ingenue. And uh, it's, I actually was quite impressed by this trailer. It looks very well done and sort of weary and has that uh crazy heart sort of feel which i like a lot Mm -hmm. and yeah um,
1: mm -hmm. bradley cooper bradley cooper looks like as my dad would put it rode hard and put away wet (laughs) he just looks real aged like he's seen he's like gone through some shit
0: yeah and um bradley cooper i think is definitely gunning for that oscar nomination in this movie that
1: like Clooney triple threat yeah of like actor producer director sort of deal
0: mm-hmm. but I think Lady Gaga might surprise us because she in the short moments I've seen her in the trailer really impressed me and of course her voice is so good I used to be a big Lady Gaga stan so this I kind of haven't really followed her lately but then this reminded me of why I liked her so much uh when she hits that note I just like got chills down my spine and I was like afterwards I was like Listening to all these old, old Lady Gaga songs that I used to love. So she's, she's such a great singer. And I think she gives a really tender, really vulnerable performance in this movie. From what I saw in the trailer, of course. I haven't seen her performances in American Horror Story. And I like that she's so um, uh, stripped down. In this film, mm-hmm. and like this whole film, really just feels like stripped down, very and almost grainy in a way. It feels like it could have also been shot on film, although I don't think it was. But, I don't think it was. Yeah, but it looks great, and I'm excited for it. So, uh,
1: and and that's one of my honorable mentions. And, yeah,
0: don't yeah. worry. I I'm not I'm not shaming you for not including a star is born. Willoughby. Oh no,
1: of course. No, I just wanted to let people know that mm-hmm. I I saw it.
0: Of course, <laughs> we all yeah, a star is born is good. So. Next my next one is another repeat, Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah. And um yeah, everything we've already talked about. I'm excited for another Drew Goddard movie. Uh, I like how this is sort of a CD noir meets a horror, uh, meets a thriller type of film and I'm Really excited to see Chris Hemsworth play a baddie and yeah. just like terrifying me to my core. Um, uh, Jeff Bridges looks great as a preacher who's probably not a preacher. Dakota Johnson is there. Uh, she's featuring in a lot of the trailers this year, this uh, week, as did Claire Foy. So um, I'm, I think it looks good. And, and like you said, John Hamm in the 60s again.
1: But not Don Draper. <laughs> but not Don like, D- Draper. It's like breaking my brain. <laughs> I was like, oh no. He's smiling. That's not good.
0: Yeah, I like it. I'm excited for it, and um, I just like the tone. It just like feels very seedy and fun, and you know, La noir esque. So, yeah. my last one is Suspiria. So this one is something that I didn't quite warm to at first because it was so different from the original Suspiria which I actually watched even though I'm not a huge horror fan coming up to being one Um, and it because the first one is such like Technicolor madness and it feels almost like a surreal acid trip in a way Uh, that was Dario Argento I think Mm -hmm. yes Dario Argento Mm -hmm. and uh, Luca (laughs) Guad 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 Guadagnero I think it's Guadagnero you're probably right Gu-
1: Guadagnino. Guadagnino. Okay, I was thinking of the, the uh, Star Wars character whose last name was Quadnero because he had four arms. All Oops. right, well,
0: either way, we're probably butchering his name. Yep.
1: <laughs> Luca, the guy who directed Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> the
0: guy who directed Call Me By Your Name in a bigger splash. I like his, his work a lot, and um, I definitely am very intrigued by the more subdued approach he has, as Suspiria here, but it still has this overwhelming sense of unease, uh, especially with like the sort of wan faces that everyone has, and like the blank expressions that from Dakota Johnson and Tilda Swinton, it definitely feels it's very cold and very different from from Luca's. I'm just gonna call him Luca. Uh, Luca's other films, which always make me feel like I want to bathe and take a vacation in, and this one is the first one I do not want to <laughs> touch with a ten foot pole. But it looks it looks so stark and interesting i'm very i'm very excited to see it so that's my top five let's go into our honorable mentions willoughby why don't sure. you start us off
1: so i have three uh we already talked about a star is born i will say that i am excited i have never seen any of the others a star is born movies so i might want to do that before i see this one um i only know like the, the like the vague like uh mo- like like synopsis descriptions that are always released about these movies um i'm very intrigued by it because when you said that clint eastwood was was supposed to direct it i can see why mm-hmm. like it's very clint Eastwoody in terms like his late stage directing yeah. like i hope um, it's
0: more than just like clint eastwood light though i hope right. bradley cooper sort of takes his own spin on it because i'm excited to see what he offers as a director
1: yeah, like, we've seen recently actors who are getting into directing do a really good job, like Jordan Peele and uh, 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 John Krasinski. Greta Gerwig. And, like, and Greta Gerwig. And we we know that Bradley Cooper has, um, he's, like, done a lot of drama and a lot of comedy. Um, like, he, I think a lot of people, like, knew him from The Hangover um mm-hmm. and then and then i think that was his kind of like i know he's been acting since like uh forever like early feel thousands like that, at least yeah but i feel like the hangover was like the first one where everyone was like because it made like a thousand million mm-hmm. dollars everyone was like oh this guy and so he his star kind of skyrocketed after that um so it's really interesting to see him kind of like almost reckon with being a celebrity and like doing that and, mm. and having lady, lady gaga who arguably as a much more famous person be the unknown lady mm-hmm. or the unknown like ingenue and like how that because like we know who lady gaga is as a personality so i'm very interested to see how they strip that all away and show her as like
0: stephanie like just... germanata which was her her real name her, her,
1: her real name like mm-hmm. she, i like she won't be lady gaga um and Bradley Cooper won't be like the smarmy douchebag from every movie that he's ever been in mm-hmm. um in every David o. Russell movie or the hangover films so um yeah and it's also it, is it supposed to be a musical or is it just going to have like I think it'll just
0: I think it'll just have musical like songs
1: a, like a prairie home companion sort of deal yeah
0: probably i mean i'm not really i don't think it's a straight up musical at least i think it'll right. just have musical songs Okay, cool. interesting.
1: Um, but yeah, so A Star is Born is on one. Um, Wreck It Ralph, uh, or as it's called, Ralph Breaks the, the Internet, colon, Wreck Ralph 2, which is like when Spielberg did The Lost World, colon, Jurassic Park.
0: <laughs> but also, they do have that fun joke at the end like where they're like, shouldn't it be Ralph Wrecks the Internet?
1: <laughs> yeah, it should be. And I, I like that they were like, no, Break the Internet is like a thing. And it's like, that's fun. Um, But, yeah, um, I really... I should have put Wreck-It Ralph on my top five. I I forgot about it when I was putting up this list because I really liked the trailer because I liked how meta it was going. It's the first time, that I feel like, since the House of Mouse that Disney is really putting on its meta shoes and, like, really talking about itself as, a, as like, a brand and as, like, a franchise. Because, uh, they go to the internet and they go to ohmydisney.com and they go see this bit, which is basically, like, their version of Disney World. And so you have all the different franchises. You have Disney proper, you've got Pixar, Star Wars, uh marvel and there was one more i couldn't remember i can't remember um but uh but they're all there and it's really fun to see like all the different characters they had stormtroopers there's like tie fighter and there's like like you see iron man stuff um and you get all the disney princesses
0: so the disney princess scene is the one scene i'm excited about but i will be sort of like I don't want to be the. I don't want to say party pooper. I'm going to be kind of like the the party pooper and say I wasn't that impressed by the Wreck-It Ralph trailer. Oh, see, I
1: really did. I'm sorry. I, I mean, it. like
0: the thing that you really liked about it was actually the thing that felt the most sort of cringy for me because I was like, mm-hmm. wow, it feels really sort of more corporate and sleek now, and it kind of reminded me actually of the Emoji movie. That sort of oh. shallow corporatism at the heart of that film and because like the Emoji movie is also basically ripped off from wreck it ralph but just like much more corporate and shallow and in this case it just kind of felt like a rehash of that and i was like oh i don't know how i feel we about also, it like when they have oh my disney also, comes up i'm like oh that's just like such yeah brand synergy that i was like I yeah know. it was
1: a lot of synergy mm-hmm. and we that was also the only like it's pretty much like one sequence it's probably not the entire movie maybe
0: i'm a cynic maybe i'm just like oh i don't know i'm (laughs) like they're just like like you know pimping themselves out so much and it's like i don't know but we'll see i still love the characters i did like that disney princess scene i thought it was super cute even though people got really like up in arms about cinderella suddenly having ears which is not a thing
1: that's so weird okay well, it's not up in um, arms but
0: like a viral thing that like they're like cinderella suddenly has ears she never had ears in the original her ears are behind her hair people yeah that's how that works
1: she has earrings um so okay um uh, but yeah no i really like the wreck it ralph two trailer. um i thought it was still as cute as the first movie um but yeah like it was very much like here's the big set piece sequence at disney world and the, on the internet which I I could I could see why you would think it's it's so like corporatized, but I don't know. It warmed my heart. Um, I thought it was fun and cute. Uh, and then the last one is speaking of corporatized movies, um, the Transformers spinoff Bumblebee, uh, which I don't think anybody was actually interested in before the trailer came out, um, because we had we have had five goddamn tra- Transformers movies all directed by Michael Bay with like... All the progressively first... worse. <laughs> the first one is the best one and then each one just slides off the rails more so. I haven't even seen the fifth one. I kind of want to get drunk and watch it one day.
0: Don't do I'm it to se-
1: yourself. You'll just I know. be in pain.
0: I, like... I had, I'd actually I... seen
1: the first four in theaters oh, except that I, I never saw the fifth one. I fell asleep during it's...
0: the second one and <laughs> it was just like too much yeah. aggressive like... That Action. was during the
1: the writer's strike, so they didn't have a script.
0: <laughs> Did they really not? That's they hilarious. They really didn't
1: have a script. They had, like, a the... like the I think they had, like, a treatment. They had, like, the bare bones, like, WGA, like, not, a, not approved as a script script to so work for.
0: That's really why. It just felt like it was a movie made by VFX artists.
1: Yep. <laughs> and then the third one I thought was a little bit better. And now I'm talking about the Transformers movies. I <laughs> want to talk about Bumblebee. Um... Bumblebee starring Haley Steinfeld as, like, the main girl finds Bumblebee in, like, I guess the 80s? It's the 80s. It's
0: It's in the 80s.
1: It's a prequel to the Transformers movies. Um, And you've got uh, Bumblebee as an actual um, Volkswagen... uh, um, Volkswagen...
0: Beetle.
1: Beetle, that's what it is. But he's a bee, because he's Bumblebee. Um, (laughs) And it's just... It's... like, it very much has a How to Train Your Dragon vibe to it.
0: It feels like an Amblin movie. Yeah. You know, it has that, like, early St- Spielberg-produced works where it felt like, you know, like, it has that same childhood awe and wonder that you see in uh, E.T., for example.
1: Yeah, it's very E.T.-based, you know, because it's about, a, you know, a human finding something that isn't from this world and then, like, becoming best friends with it. Mm-hmm. Um and it looks really fun. Uh Haley Seinfeld is always great even if even if like Pitch Perfect 2 wasn't really good. She was or Pitch good. Perfect 3. <laughs> I haven't seen Pitch Perfect 3 so don't tell me how bad it is. Um and uh but I mean she was great in True Grit. So like she, we know that she can act. Um, she's an
0: Oscar nominee.
1: Exactly. And she's uh working off of it's not this one is not directed by michael bay so i'm very thankful for that and the bumblebee uh design looks very much like he he does in the in the the tv show and like the toys um there's starscream from from the he looks like the original starscream from the animated series even though he he is also in uh the first movie he's different he's like an f-22 but this one he's like an f-4 raptor so he's like still a plane but like multi he's like red and white which is like his colors from the first uh tv show so it looks very fun looks very like stripped away uh from the transformers movies there doesn't seem to be there's probably going to be a lot of action but it doesn't seem like uh an unbelievable amount of terrible action um and it's clearly just a teaser so like we don't know a lot more about what happens but it looks it looks very promising
0: yeah agreed um so Bumblebee is also the first in my honorable mentions. Uh, this is a movie that I did not expect to be excited for at all, but I was so surprisingly charmed by that trailer uh, because of those sort of Amblin vibes, like I said before, and Hayley Seinfeld being always a great actress even if she's not in great movies all the time. Um, I even saw her Romeo and Juliet movie, which was not good, but she was good. She was in, in the Romeo and Juliet movie? Yeah, I she wa- that. Yeah, it was not that good. It was like a very high school production-esque <laughs> movie, but um she's she deserves like a better rap like uh S- edge of seventeen she's amazing in that so good mm-hmm. and um i think she gets i think we already see, like, a lot of character from her, like, introduction here. This trailer is essentially one scene. It's the scene where she first meets Bumblebee. And apparently it's the, sc- the scene that screened at, at CinemaCon and got, like, a really great reaction compared to the first trailer that they cut. So this trailer, like, after it got the good reaction at CinemaCon, uh, is a result of that. And it oh, definitely cool. plays into, like, that wonder and, um, that I hope will, like, be the rest of the movie. So it's... And I especially like the part where Bumblebee's like cowering in the corner. I was like, oh, wow, I'm caring about these machines for the first time. And they're not like roided out monstrosities like in right. the Michael Bay Transformers movies. They they feel like something that comes out of an 80s cartoon. And that's why I was I'm suddenly think I want to see this movie. Yeah. So it might be the strongest trailer, actually, because it made us – Want to see a movie that we had no interest in at all before? I don't think
1: anybody had any interest in seeing a Bumblebee spin-off movie. Mm-hmm. I remember when it was announced, I was like, "Nope."
0: Yeah, I was like, "Really?" <laughs> and Hilly Seinfeld, but I think she she can bring it. So my second honorable mention is Peppermints, the Jennifer Garner action film, which sees her return to the sort of action j- franchise that she left since Alias. Uh, her Breakout series in the early two thousands. Excuse me. Um, so peppermint is a really interesting trailer in that it starts off in with Jennifer Garner in suburban mom mode that she has been in in the past for the past ten years. Like so since it, Juno. Since <laughs> Juno, essentially. So you're like, okay, so it'll just be like another sort of Jennifer Garner's the inspirational suburban mom who wants the best for a kid and we're going to cry at the end because this is emotionally manipulative but cheesy good stuff maybe we need this in earnestness for once in a while but then
1: way to (laughs) condemn all of her recent movies
0: (laughs) well love simon was not bad actually but um she basically like then a few of the seconds later, the trailer just, like, kills her family and, like, covers her in, her in their blood. And she tries to get justice for her family and, like, p- pinpoint the people who did it. But, uh, the system is corrupt and she has to go and hunt down the criminals herself. So this is ba- basically Jennifer Garner's Taken. And, uh, oh, wow. it's very exciting. I just, like, that shot we have of her, like, in, like, her short hair and, like, her light, her tight sort of I don't know, vigilante outfit and uh, loading her gun, I was like, Sydney, Sydney Bristow is back. And it was just an exciting moment for me. I can't wait to see Jennifer Garner back in action. So Peppermint, another great surprising trailer. And then my third honorable mention is First Man, which uh, we talked about it a little bit with um, with Will in his top five. That's the Damon Chazelle movie. Yeah, I'm down. I don't know the, the trailer. <laughs> the trailer was impressive. I liked the callback to his Whiplash roots, but it wasn't something that I'd be like, "This is one of my favorite trailers." But I was impressed enough that I'd be like, that I would line up to see this movie in theaters. So. I think that wraps up our little discussion about trailers. We actually went quite a while, too, so I'm yeah, impressed with us. This is kind of what happens when me and Willoughby are on a podcast together. We just kind of start rambling and, yeah. and joking for, like, an hour. So
1: Anya's not here to... Uh, rein us in. rein us in.
0: Bring us back to the big topics. We have no big topics here. Just... Yeah, there's
1: no, there's no theme. There's no, like... Uh like larger Hollywood discussion except that they all released their trailers at once which yeah. was really weird
0: and maybe this will be a recurring thing I kind of get the feeling it'll happen again next year and then we'll have like trailer week and it'll be the the indication that summer is here or something yeah <laughs> no more right. uh, groundhog day this is this is a uh, trailer week now right <laughs> All right so let's move on to the last segment of our episode. I really 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 like you. But I need to tell you something. Willoughby, really, 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 really like why don't you start us off this week? What do you really like?
1: I have been rewatching some of Brad Bird's movies hmm. in in preparation of next week's Incredibles 2 premiere. Um, I watched uh, I rewatched the Iron Giant a couple months ago. Um, because I was just feeling like it and I wanted to watch it and I watched it and I really liked it. And so, um, the other day, as in yesterday, I rewatched, or I watched for the first time ever, Ratatouille. You've I never seen, seen
0: Ratatouille before? I had not seen Ratatouille until <gasps> yesterday.
1: Oh my gosh. I know, I'm, right?
0: I'm shocked. I thought you, I thought you'd already seen it and I thought you loved it. I don't, no, I don't know. I had I... never
1: seen Ratatouille before. It was it, Besides Cars 2, it was the only other Pixar movie I'd never seen. Huh. Um, and to, oh, I guess Cars 3 now, too.
0: <laughs> Cars 3 is actually pretty good. I haven't seen any of their Cars movies, but Cars 3 is not a bad movie.
1: <laughs> I heard there was a, a Griffin Newman on Twitter uh, and on, on his podcast has this thing where he says Cars 3. Uh, no, So Cars 2 makes Cars 3 look like Cars 1 because Cars 2 <laughs> was so bad. <laughs>
0: Um, oh, that was really funny.
1: Yeah, it was really funny. Um so I and also in uh speaking of Griffin Newman, uh his podcast Blank Check has been doing a series on Brad Bird films. So that also inspired me to like rewatch um The Incredibles um and also watch Ratatouille for the first time. And I really liked Ratatouille. It was really fun. Um and The Incredibles holds up as like a really great piece of action and great family uh like Pixar movie. uh, I don't think I. am so excited for Incredibles two now, more so than before because I haven't seen the Incredibles in a really long time, for probably at least eight years. Um, And so I was reminded about how much I love it. Um, And Ratatouille I like so much because Patton Oswalt gives like a really great performance, and like I, I wasn't expecting all the twists and turns because I really didn't know much about the movie besides that. The rat controls the human to cook food. So I thought it was just 90 minutes of that, but it wasn't.
0: It's there's quite a heartfelt. Lot
1: of, it's very heartfelt. It's very, like, much more, like, it's it, almost a melodrama. I think it's a melodrama.
0: Yeah, it's about you can be who you want to be, essentially.
1: Right, and it's about Remy deciding between his family and his dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, like, we've, we took a, a melodrama class together and there's, like, that whole... Trope is a huge melodramatic theme of like a character having to make a decision between family and their profession. Um so it's really interesting to see that. Um I I re- also by listening to the Blank Check podcast and also rewatching watching Brad Bird's films, um, I get the the idea that they're, they're not as An Randian as as people. I was think gonna they ask
0: are. you that. I was gonna be like, what do you think of the an Rand takes? There's not a lot of
1: in the movies. There's not a lot of objectivism. It's more like, I have to be honest. I haven't seen Tomorrowland, but it's more about people, um, like who are special, who are who, um, use that specialness for the greater good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, because like the Iron Giant can choose not to be a gun, um, and the Incredibles, you know, it, they, yes, they were bestowed with great powers, but it's what they do with them that matters. And Remy, who has this heightened sense of taste and smell, chooses to better his uh, family life as well as his profession by, like, creating the restaurant at the end of the movie Mm -hmm. um, with Linguini and Colette. Um, And I haven't seen Tomorrowland, so I can't judge for that, but I feel like they're not – like, the the objectivism uh, and Rand uh, things are not as – I feel like it's a misnomer or like yeah.
0: a I mean, misrepresentation
1: uh, of what he thinks I, well, of what his themes are in his movies I've
0: actually seen Tomorrowland and I will say that like the villains are probably the objectivists in the movie because they're the ones like they do sort of deal with like this I don't want to say race but like special type of people who are supposed to build a better world but then the heroes want to let that let more people into that world as opposed to shutting it off Right. so yeah
1: it's... Yeah, so I feel like I feel like the the Anne Rand themes are misrepresented. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Ratatouille is great. Brad Bird is a great director and a great writer, I, and I'm really excited for Incredibles too.
0: All right, so my really like for this week is sort of a a re, but in this case a reread. So I was um, this week, in addition to all the trailers I was writing up, I got to write up a story about uh, the casting for. His Dark Materials BBC series, which is um, the trilogy consisting of The Golden Compass, The Subtle Knife, and The Amber Spyglass. And this is a series, it's one of my favorite books when I was a kid. And um, I was very disappointed by the movie when it came out, just because it cut out. It definitely uh, rid itself of all the intrinsic religious or like anti-religious aspects in the story and basically became a generic YA movie that had no punch. And um, I'm very much hoping that the the BBC series will be the opposite of that and be a true and loyal adaptation. And I was very excited because they cast the perfect actor for Lord Azriel, who's uh, the father of the main character, Lyra's character uh, Lyra. And uh, they cast James McAvoy as Lord Azriel, who I'm so excited about because I actually really loved the casting in the movie and I was very very saddened that they wasted the potential of that cast especially daniel craig as lord asriel but i think james mcavoy is the perfect sort of replacement i'm so excited for it um and because i was so excited about that casting i like i whipped out my original golden compass book which is all worn at the spine because i've read it a million times and i accidentally reread the entire series what well, this weekend? I love that you say accidentally. I was supposed to do work, but then I ended up like staying up till like two or three a.m. every night and being like, "Oh, it's three a.m. and I have finished one and a half of the histec Materials trilogy." I mean, they're long books, apparently, right? Yeah, they're five hundred pages each. About yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So you know, I well, I skimmed through some of like the more detailed pages, uh, but I read through most of it and. um I'm like almost done with the amber spyglass right now. Actually, is that the third one? Yes, yeah, the third one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's and funny. It actually.
1: I wish. I, w- I wish Anya was here to uh, celebrate with you know, about this magical casting
0: announcement. It's such a good casting. She, I, when I saw that casting, I was like, Anya needs to know this immediately because <laughs> McAvoy is her boy, and the His Materials trilogy is also our boy. I guess you would say. So it's like her boys together. <laughs> Um, So anyways, it actually, rereading this trilogy was um, a really nice trip down memory lane for me because when I first read the series back when I was in fifth or sixth grade, I think I, a lot of the concepts of dark matter, alternate universes, uh, the whole metaphor of Paradise Lost, like the entire series is actually a a reworking of Paradise Lost, but in a sci-fi context, which is really interesting. Um, So Those concepts went over my head when I was a kid, and I ended up just rereading it again next year to see if I could get it this time. And after that, I just reread it again and again every year, and it became a nice little tradition for me, Uh, just one of those constants in my life, (laughs) constant, (laughs) Um, that I really enjoyed. And I haven't reread it in a while, since like high school, I think. And it was really nice just rereading it again and seeing all the plot twists and characters that I... Love so much as a kid, and how well they hold up now, and they do hold up well. But I'm starting to think that this book is kind of socialist. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, um, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, well, they declare war on heaven. They're like, we're going to bring down this corrupt government <laughs> slash <Sure>. kingdom. <laughs> Anyways, we're no. I guess communists. Oh, I, I won't get into it. Oh, HT, they're going to come for you. <laughs> But uh, that was what I really liked for this week. I really enjoyed rereading this series, even though I was supposed to do work.
1: Not supposed to do that. It's fine, self
0: care weekend.
1: Accidentally reread a, a hundred. Uh, accidentally reread fifteen hundred pages. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> there was a point where you said, "I'm no longer accidentally doing this."
0: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't stop <laughs> myself. I have no self control when it comes to these books, apparently
1: it's okay it's like whenever i want to binge watch something it's always the i always go maximum effort with that so
0: (laughs) all right um so if you guys have anything you want to say to us about trailer week uh your favorite trailers that came out this week or in the recent couple months or if you have anything to say about blank check podcasts or brad bird movies or the his dark materials series please let us know and where can they do that willoughby
1: you can find us on Facebook if you search for us there. We're also on Twitter at Falcon Podcast. Our blog is millennialfalconpodcast.wordpress.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud or you can listen to us on iTunes and Google Play, where you can rate, review, and subscribe to us there. And where can they find you on the internet?
0: You can find me at htranbui,
1: and you can find me at Willoughby Dobbs
0: on Twitter. All right, thanks for joining us, guys. Bye. Bye. I'm not afraid of